0: Welcome to Till Death Do Us Recap. I'm Britt. I'm Tim. And today we are recapping for you Married at First Sight, Season 16, Episode 7.
1: Jamaican me crazy.
0: Jamaican me crazy. We finally
1: got a Jamaica pun in a title. I've been waiting (laughs) for a while.
0: I am very proud of us for being here today at all. We've had a really hard week. This is the week we were supposed to be meeting our baby and it sucks and I sprained my ankle so I just kind of can't believe that we're even here to recap maths can you
1: no I <laughs> didn't feel like doing this at all but that being said we're gonna try to
0: <sighs> that being said give you
1: the best step we, we love can. you
0: and it's probably a good distraction um also last week, I, you know how I went on my rant about the Facebook maths community? Yes. About everyone, how mean they are on there. I had a bad dream within like a day of us putting that out that suddenly we were just getting like a barrage of the meanest <laughs> Apple podcast <laughs> reviews ever.
1: Did you like wake up and check? Literally, sure I did. It was- I was like...
0: <gasps> And I went and looked and was like, okay, no. Because really, people can be so mean. I mean, yeah. But anyway, thank you for not doing that and for accepting my bones to pick with the Facebook Maths community. And here we are to see another week. Um, <laughs> we kind of feel like since the way that the group stuff is structured this week and we get... We pick up right where we left off with Clint and Gina and their drama and then go right into the group dinner that night. We're just going to address all that first, and then we will get into all of the separate couples after that. Okay? Let's do it. Okay. So let's start with Clint and Gina. So we open like literally clearly right after their beach fight where he screamed, where she said, I specialize in redheads. <laughs> and,
1: he, <laughs> oh my God,
0: and he yelled about being called a ginger. And so like he, she's back at the room and she, we open with her and like a selfie video, basically just expressing that because he couldn't fully really acknowledge that he messed up. She's sort of like just done with him. And he's freaking out talking to Eris and Chris, uh, Which, debriefing.
1: Gotta say, I was a little scared at first when this debrief Me started too. because he's already sitting with Chris, and then Eris comes. He goes, "Eris, I need you. I need you." <laughs> and I'm like, "Do we?" Do but we? I gotta say, I was pleasantly surprised.
0: I was shocked. Eris I was like, was like, "Am I very, sitting here like very helpful with Eris?" Oh yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, he paraphrases the convo. She's called me ginger, redhead, light skin, like pretty sure she didn't call you light skin, but okay. Uh, <laughs> pretty sure she's also white, like. right? Right. So, Eris basically speaks truth, and like in of the most hand holding way I think I've ever seen. Like he really, really does it with like a special precision that only one douchebag could know the other douchebag needed. I'm just kidding. I just had to say it. Uh, He like, is it possible? Do you think that maybe nothing you said was wrong per se, but maybe Gina has her own insecurities and like, possibly, you maybe possibly triggered that, you know, he walks him there. And I will say, uh, Clint eventually receives it. It's he does. Hearing They're... him say, All of a sudden, I'm being typecasted as someone who doesn't like bigger women w- was annoying. He's uh, a little too aware of, like, you know, the TV of it all, I think. But I it felt seems like, he like took some it.
1: perspective is gained yeah. through this conversation. Yeah. That being said, literally, my favorite part of this conversation was Eris says, Uh, you know, we're just getting to know each other and sometimes, you know, we get a little defensive, et cetera, and then literally less than two seconds go by and Clint's like, (laughs) and he gets it defensive immediately after. He's like, yeah, that's a good point, but I didn't say anything. It's just like, all right, dude.
0: Yeah. And something else I've just noticed, like Clint is the king of a big word usage, that is incorrect. Oh, there or like were so over, many. Yeah, just even here, he was like, Eris asks, like, can you at least acknowledge that maybe, I'm paraphrasing, uh, your delivery sucked? But he says it, like, really nicely. And he's like, it could have been more poignant, or more eloquent i'm like yeah that's the word you wanted not poignant but
1: a man okay. I, I will say uh one of the only similarities that clinton i have <laughs> is is, true. is the misuse of big vocabulary <laughs> words that sound right but are just not right at i all. think
0: i said a word wrong on the pod last week like of, that are similar anyway we don't need i don't need to make everybody think about it um But, yeah, it's something that you do in a special way. That's one of my favorite things. Okay, so then...
1: Indubitably.
0: (laughs) After all of that, we have, like, a group thing at night, like, dinner and drinks that night. And we find out that Clint came back to the room and said, like, really apologize for offending. And, like, she felt like he had a humility and an authenticity to him that she was like ready to receive it and felt like she understood what he was saying more. And yeah, then Clint, basically everyone is waiting, like, is Clint going to address the group? And the funny part is, so it the beginning does drag a little bit. He's like, it's our last day, everyone. And, you know, I want to exude and exonerate. Yes. Excuse me, exonerate? <laughs> myself. <laughs> yeah, he, myself. But I exude and exonerate, um, uh, just to posit. Like he's trying to say, like, let's he, all these different ways to say, like, let's have a great last day. And like there are waiters it- coming in and out. And I was like, is he going to do it? Is he not? And it's funny because Jasmine talks about it. Jasmine and Nicole say, like, it took him 45 minutes to get to the point that day, and it was quite frankly very annoying. I need the, the, I the
1: release of the tapes for I this know, because they made the it seem like it was like a two-minute apology. I gotta say, I was a little distracted because McKinley, I wanted to reach into my TV and hand this boy a bottle of aloe vera for his <laughs> face. Because <laughs> Dude, it I wanted burnt that for almost
0: everyone. I mean, yeah, even I was, Gina's forehead is like purple.
1: We need some SPF when we're in the islands, people.
0: Yeah, what are y'all doing? Like, where is the sunscreen? Um, So, yeah, eventually, I think he does his apology. I think none of the girls are fully impressed because it's lame. It's like, I'm sorry if I offended you, but... And then he re-explains everything. Yes. And so it's just like, shut up. Like... That's part of the issue. Like, it didn't, like, that's not what we need to know anymore. Like, just say you're sorry. You inadvertently, with your words, offended a lot of people in the room, period. And so it feels like the girls are sort of, like, not ready to accept. And Gina steps in and shares, like, I got an authentic apology today from Clint And I have a habit of like running when someone offends me or hurts me. So it was actually very healthy that we approach this head on together today. And so the girls are basically all like, okay, well, if you accept it, then we accept you, Clint, and we will get over it. And then that's when we have Gina ask everyone to do something that I, you know is just ripe for drama. She's like, Um, how would everyone rate their partner by, and then of course the catch is like by everything. So not just looks, but connection, like what's your overall rating of your partner at the end of the honeymoon.
1: Or where your relationship, it's an overall rating of their relationship. Right. Which this should be the only ratings we give.
0: Yeah. I like
1: that she made a point to say we're including everything in here. It is too hard to keep track of the rubric on these grading scales week <laughs> to week. It's I like w- rate your attraction, rate your chemistry, rate your. What, yeah, there's, there's too a lot many of things. Rating. This is just one all inclusive rating. Right. Kind of like my power rankings in a way. Kind of. And the show needs to go more of this direction.
0: Yeah. So, okay, let's just go rifle through what everybody said. So, we start with Mac. He says he's giving everyone was I will say very much on a tempered best behavior for this, I would mm-hmm. say. Uh Mac says he's giving them a 7.5. He thinks there's still room for growth, obviously, but in light of everything, he feels a 7.5. Dominique agrees and then ends it with that weird comment, thank God I coached those 12 year olds last year. That felt unnecessary.
1: Yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot going we, uh, on with yeah, this on. Yeah, I mean, we clearly
0: have much more to I discuss. think there
1: should be a rule that if you're the second person to give a rating,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it can't be the same as the rating that the person before you gave.
0: Yeah, like at the least, just say 7.6 or 7.4. Yes. I, th- I like that. Chris Classic says eight, "Which I, 8.2. That one threw me. I but apparently, they were the both thinking the exact same number with decimal point two. I um, thought it was going
1: to be 25.
0: I know. Just a favorite which number. Which then of Nicole everyone. finally says the thing that we're all thinking. She's like, look, the truth is. We are a 10 right now, but we're trying to be realistic because we know we haven't gotten to any of the hard stuff and a lot of stuff is going to come up. And clearly it does. It gets crazy for these two. (laughs) Uh, And then, okay, we have Clint again with the harping on his Supposed Nicole knowledge. Something just is it Nicole, me. Is it Nicole knowledge or does this
1: person think he is a New York encyclopedia?
0: Literally, he it's, thinks he's an expert because he invented the hard hitting New York woman stereotype. It's so
1: annoying.
0: I have to imagine that this is driving her absolutely insane because I get the vibe that she is not a Clint fan. And it probably just irks her so hard to watch him speak about her as, like, if he knows everything about her.
1: Oh, yeah. I need to know. I need to know Nicole's thoughts on what Clint has to say about how you are really going to take Chris for a ride because you're a hard-hitting New Yorker.
0: It's just, it's so, it's, it's just not that, like, inventive. It's not, anyway. Okay, Shaq and Kirsten. They both rated it, their relationship at this point as a seven. I
1: she- will say Kirsten mm-hmm. brings up the joking again, along right. with the seven and says, you know, his sense of humor. There's just a time and a place. And McKinley goes, yeah, I know how that feels. I know what that's like. No. No. These are not sort the same things. Yeah. These are not the same things. Yeah. You lying about horseback riding and bullshitting every three seconds is not Shaq's sense of humor. Yeah. Please. No.
0: no. Shaq, Ugh. you're much funnier than, than Mac. And we'll say it here. And we'll say it again, probably, in our time. <laughs> okay. And then we have Gina and Clint. Um, I have to say, and I feel this through the end with them of this episode. So, I mean, first, she says a Five. Which she's like, honestly, I feel like that's a really solid place to be considering our week. Mm -hmm. And then Clint agrees and says he feels like a five and a half. And they kind of feel hopeful considering. And they kind of feel hopeful and optimistic for the remainder of the episode, wouldn't you say?
1: Oh, yeah. And let's just say the power rankings might reflect that.
0: Oh, boy. Let's not give them too much credit here. But okay. So Jasmine, then. Uh, so this is when we have. We'll get more into them, obviously later. But Jasmine said seven point five or eight, maybe. And then Air. Then of course, this is the moment of truth, right? Everyone's holding their breath. Is Eris going to say what he said to the guys when he said he feels like he's at a four with her? And no, he does not. He quickly says seven barely gives anything to like, you know, bolster that number and make it make sense to everyone. And, it, and they just do a bunch of shots of the guy's faces and every, like you can tell, especially Chris and Shaquille are like, huh? Come again now. Come again. That's not what you said. And so it's interesting because then Chris decides he's going to ask some follow-ups here. And he goes, so Eris, like, do you think you could fall in love with Jasmine? And he's definitely like putting him on the spot because he knows that Eris was dishonest about that. And Eris just kind of talks around it. He does his whole, it's only been a week. We just met. I'm, you know, it's, this all still feels crazy to me. I Maybe I'm the only one, but like this is all still a little nuts to me. the way that he talks about all
1: of this, first of all, we're all aware about how let's take some of your own advice and like maybe say things, think about how, what you're saying, how it's coming across. Right. So we all know it's only been a week. It does not feel good as a partner when we're asking questions such as, can you see yourself falling in love with someone, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And your response is, well, it's only a week and this is all kind of crazy. And, right. and it, there's it's
0: nothing like, about that. that yeah. I'm
1: everyone knows to. the timeline of it, but it's not, you're not doing very much to reassure her. Right. Furthermore, I just want to give a massive shout out to Chris here because that was the perfect way to kind of call him, call Eris out on the rating that he gave Without, without he, like, without like, fully saying all of that? Exactly. Yeah. That was, like, so masterfully asked.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I really don't have much left for Clint and um, Gina, but let's wrap them up since that's pretty much the gist of the group night, that it's, like, their last night before their last day, and they all go home. Uh, I will say... <laughs> So then poor Gina and Clint, after all of this, go back to their hotel room and proceed to both have Montezuma's revenge all night. Clint makes it clear it's coming out both ends. (laughs) And I'm just intrigued because, like, that is a bonding moment. And look, it could just bond them further into whatever weird friendship-ish thing they have going right now. But, I mean considering that Chris and Nicole's big crisis so far has been the dog situation, like having to have a night of it coming out both ends in close quarters. Like it's just, it's, it's an inescapably a bonding event, you know,
1: it is. (laughs) It is.
0: Okay. Shall we move on to Eris and Jasmine?
1: Let's do it. I just got to say off the top, Mm -hmm. um, Jasmine is not feeling it at all, I think. It, there She's was,
0: trying so hard.
1: I know, but there was a
0: certain She knows it's all. There was
1: a certain way that she was talking in her in her confessionals. Yeah. Like that and I don't know when those were taped in relation to everything, but she was not like a happy person when she was doing those confessionals. Oh, well, so, and like,
0: we find out in after party why. Yeah. Which we're going to get into. Yeah,
1: but I just think, it, you know, like there's what's happening on the show and then the way that she's recapping it herself mm-hmm. is not, ma- it's not matching up well, very Well, it's not very very matching
0: much. as she's presenting with him because I think she's still really, I wish she would just let it all hang out at this point. Like, I feel like, you know, maybe it's, it. this is related to like pastor's kid, uh, pageant queen. But she is very skilled at keeping it pretty contained. Yeah. And I think that there have been enough things that have happened on this trip that, like, a lot of girls would have, you know, had a crumbling moment at least or been crying or whatever. And it's like she has voiced concerns. I don't think she's, like, you know, slapping a smile onto everything. But you can just feel it that, like— she is thinking and feeling so much more than what she's sharing with him. And, and this is, of course, this is what sucks. I think part of it is because he's made it so clear that this is all nuts to him. This is all just so fast. Everyone is just rushing me. Everyone needs to calm down. Everyone needs to put the brakes, like slow the brakes here. That of course, why would she feel safe to be fully real about what she is stressing about moment to moment because now she's got this added burden of like Eris clearly can barely handle the commitment that he signed up for. And so anything I say that's like got realness to it, he's going to take as like another reason to freak out and run.
1: Exactly. And I think-
0: It's perpetuating her not being fully herself. And that's really a bummer to me.
1: Absolutely, and I think she has her walls up because of that whole love convo. Yeah, and so you know, like you said, how, how is she going to be like? You're really bossy in a serious way, or right. or let him know what her needs are when he's when she's worried about like if I say too much, am he's not I going to
0: let me get to know him, or he's not even going to get to know me at all? Like, yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I just remembered something that Nicole said in After Party that I thought was actually very good insight, like around this whole, you know, he gets so squirmy when people ask about like, do you think you could fall in love with her? And Nicole made this great point. She was like, um, if you find the person you've been matched with at least a level of attractive and you've had a great time this week, There's literally no reason you shouldn't be able to say I could imagine it.
1: Yeah, that's not that hard. No one's asking you to sign
0: your fucking life away right now in blood here. Yeah, like could you see it? Is it? And it. it And frankly, it should take a lot to not be able to see it at this stage of things because of where we're at and what you supposedly said you were ready for when you signed up. Damn it. Okay. So, I mean, we open with him talking about how he fe- he feels guilty. He's not feeling as much interest as she is towards him. Their attraction levels still aren't the same. So he's, this is in like a side interview. He's clearly like making himself, like he is a little sick about it. But I think it's a it actually kind of almost reminds me of Mitch when he screwed the pooch by having this conversation too early. And, and that's what I can respect that Eris is trying to avoid that. Mm -hmm. And so I think we should talk about what we think is the middle ground of all of this, because we've clearly watched so many people fail with the extremes. And here we are kind of feeling like Eris is being a little dishonest, but he's trying to protect her feelings. But he's doing the thing where he's like becoming so obsessed with, I don't, I'm pretty sure I'm not as into her as she's into me in this exact moment, that that's becoming the fixation Like that alone, the disparity of it. And that can keep you stuck for days. You can stay there. Yeah. Versus, okay, maybe the passing thought happens, but then it's like, okay, how do I pursue my wife more? How do I, you know, like then focus on action of how to get closer, how to get there rather than just, I'm not there and oh no.
1: Well, I think part of it with him is the mindset. He keeps using the F word and what I mean by that is, he keeps using the word "friend,"
0: mm-hmm.
1: and like this whole first big conversation that they have. He's right. like, "I know if I got into an accident, you'd be bedside," and, he, and he's referring to like her- the friendship or yes. whatever. Part of it is changing that perspective and viewing her as your wife. Yeah, and even if it's even if you have known each other for only a week, yeah, you are married now. That's right. what this show is trying to get you to understand. And yeah. so I think that part of the answer is shifting it around and viewing her as your wife Already. that you're trying to Woo. pursue and yes get to know basic things about. And I think that's I think that's kind of the big hiccup Which right we now
0: No, he's not very skilled at because it's either what crazy sex position do you want? Oh, you don't want to talk about that well, what's your favorite color? Like that's his- exactly. like, His spectrum is very limited. And a side note is that he just continues to be just so monotone. Like this is truly the least expressive person. Like I, it's so weird to me to even hear him describing true concerns. He just doesn't have a lot of uh, inflection and it, it really does translate as this just kind of general aloofness, you know? Mm-hmm. But so they're sitting and they're talking and he's like, I thought it was weird that the first thing he led with was it seemed kind of off-putting when we gave separate ratings. And I'm sitting there going... But you lied and gave almost the same rating as her. You were literally only off by 0.5. Yeah. So someone's kind of showing, like, telling on themselves a little bit. I feel like there is this part of him that wants her to dig it out of him, but he doesn't know how to do it. So then he says weird things like this. And, of of course, she's going to be like, huh? But you said seven. I said seven and a half. Like, not a big deal. But it's because inside he's freaking out because he knows he's really a four.
1: Well, that's another aspect of it that's funny because his original ranking of like the four or five Mm -hmm. was based off of like attraction.
0: It was, right? It was. That's what we thought it it was. was.
1: It was. So the funny thing is, is that Gina asks a broad, where is the whole relationship? So if he's at a four or five physically, but their whole relationship is at a seven, then where are your tens and your nines areas to bring that average up to a seven? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because the attraction part you said was a four or five, but you're saying the whole thing in general is a seven. But yet you look at her like a friend. It's not, nothing's adding up here. It's
0: all contradictory. And I feel this more and more as we go. So like he admits he's stressed. He admits he's feeling like a little guilty to not be exactly where she is. And she does say like she says it's been a confusing week for her mm-hmm. and she does get what I think is her like she's trying to be vulnerable and he doesn't really take the the extension in the way that I think she hoped he would like I think he wanted to make her you know hear maybe like I get that and I'm really sorry and I don't want to confuse you and I'm not trying to send mixed messages I'm just still processing all of this and it's Then more, you know, he doesn't come back with that. He, he kind of just keeps going and like, cause she then says like, I'm just trying not to put pressure on it. Like Mm -hmm. I'm trying not to put pressure on you. She's being so graceful about it. Like she just keeps coming back to like, she gives Eris the benefit of the doubt, even when she knows she's feeling really uneasy. So she comes back to like, I know that everybody's different. Not everybody develops feelings in the same speed or way. And so I'm really just trying. So it comes back, in my opinion, to her having to, like, resolve that. And then he admits that he's feeling more friendship right now, but he just needs time. And he's basically scared that at some point it like she won't be willing to wait anymore and she won't be willing to be patient. But I'm just like, what what do you think she's doing? Like, and and I'm sorry, but her being patient doesn't mean she's not allowed to ask. And I thought that it was really interesting. So like Stasha from San Diego was on After Party this week, which I thought was actually, I wouldn't have thought what a relevant person she was to bring on, but it ends up getting discussed that like Stasha's worried because she feels like Jasmine and Eris are almost identical to her and Nate. And as I started thinking through it, I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And she just said that she's been, like, having feelings like, oh, no, girl, I'm worried. And she brings up that she actually really respects the way that Jasmine has handled herself on this honeymoon based off of the things she's learned and, like, his answers or lack thereof. Like, she – because if we all remember, Stasha harped on this for the same reasons that were valid But she couldn't then let it go. And so she kind of made all of their time. Like, I remember her bringing it up constantly at the honeymoon and like out of a place of anger and obviously because she was hurt and scared. But so she actually says, like, I really like the way that you handled yourself, Jasmine, and I wish I could have been more like that. And yet I just somehow think we're going to end up Jasmine going, yeah, no, all those instincts that I was trying to ignore were spot on. Um, because even in after party, I mean, after party, I almost feel like it's pretty obvious they're not still together because she talking about this conversation she talks about, she's like, yeah, no. Cause Sasha goes, does, didn't he ask you like about sex, like a bunch of stuff about sex the first night? And she's like, yeah. And he also went to his friends at the wedding and like said, you know, oh, she's a, super beautiful. Like I'm going to be having sex with her in like a day or two. And like, and then the next second is saying she's a four. She brought all this up. So clearly it's been enlightening for her. Yeah. And I was really curious about what Jasmine was going to have to say because she was going to, in the after party have seen all of the times he talks about how he really feels about her. Not with her. Yeah. You can tell she feels a type of way of that about that understandably And that she's kind of like, yeah, no, the messages are all mixed. One second it's, you're stunning, you're beautiful. I'm telling people I'm going to bone you in five seconds. The next second it's, I don't feel anything. The next second it's, what do you like to do in the bedroom? The next second is, she's a four. So I just, it was like hard to watch her have to process that out loud because it made you think about how shitty it must have felt to be her and sitting at home watching all that stuff that he was saying. That she didn't know that early, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, of course, like you said in the interview, after the friend conversation, she's like, I'm not trying to be anybody's friend. So I do think that, okay, can we just get to the juiciest part of After Party? I I, I like. Sure. Okay. So at the end of the honeymoon, they get on Instagram together on their phones. And they find each other at each other. And they realize they have some mutual friends. So they start going through the mutual friends and she goes, oh, how do you know her? It happens to be the girl that he just had sex with two weeks ago, her friend. And he told her this. And I just, like, if anything, I don't don't know how you come back from that. I can't believe that we didn't get to see that. First off, like where were the cameras? She obviously told us because at this point, the editing has passed that moment. Yeah. This is like huge. This is like major.
1: Yeah. I mean, it makes me wonder like how close she is to that person. Right. Because, but the fact that
0: he said, I mean, I can't believe, I will say, I can't believe he was honest that this was two weeks ago, but also I can't believe he was honest that he did it two weeks ago because, like, she is already not feeling secure in any way with yeah. you, and this is just giving more bad information yeah. about you.
1: It's not a good look.
0: Uh, yeah. So I'm. I mean, they move in to apartment three one three. He's immediately overwhelmed. By all of the husband-wife paraphernalia. He literally like, she's like, oh, look, you know, they always put like those welcome baskets. Yeah. With like, it's all hokey it, stuff. It's a lot whatever. of, it's a
1: lot of marriage merch.
0: Yeah, marriage merch from Etsy. And he's such a butthead about it. He's like, oh, okay, that's enough. And she's like, okay, husband. I was like, dude, you are s- too much. And then he gets very um. He has things to say about oh, pretty much every corner in the house.
1: I, the, he will
0: take that drawer and the, he will take that side and you will take off your shoes. And what else? The do- Your dog will not sleep. like The I, bossiness
1: of it all is.
0: We've been in this house for 10 minutes.
1: Yeah. I want the left drawer and the right this drawer and this thing and take off your shoes. And my friends know they take off the shoes when they come in. I'm like.
0: So you need to tell your friends.
1: Excuse me?
0: It was I, way too much.
1: It was, I hated it.
0: And it, like, there's nothing cute or endearing or quirky about it based on everything else we know about him at this point. It no. was like, no, no, bro.
1: After you've been ordering food being put in your mouth. Yeah.
0: It gives me more perspective on all of the, like, feed me this, feed me that. I'm like, whoa, you might be more of a control freak than we know. Um, We have the poop conversation. So he asks, basically, what do we do about number two? I've never lived with a girl before. Like, do we, like, I've noticed that a lot of people seem to do that in the same room with each other. Well,
1: step one, you don't do it at the same time in the same <laughs> toilet. So that goes without saying, Great I think. Um,
0: <laughs> and then Jasmine does her whole girls don't poop thing, which I'm sorry, I love you, Jasmine, but this is my big, uh, really, are we still saying that that's absurd? We have evolved. Get over that. We are people in our mostly 30s. You d- everyone definitely number twos. Like really, get oh. over it. If you're going to live with people, you got to like get over that fact and Jasmine, you are really hurting yourself by setting this as a precedent right now, okay? Because you you're going to have to poop. Like you're lucky you weren't Clint and Gina or yeah. that bubble would have been popped even no. faster.
1: All I know is that we've been married for over 10 years. And let me tell you, women poop. Okay. And some and of the things has... that I've smelled oh, over the last okay. 10 years. Are you joking
0: right now? <laughs> that is so disrespectful. No, but really, I don't, I don't really care. Because poop smells and everybody does it. Um, and it is funny, though. Because everybody has different thresholds of what they're comfortable with around that. Like, we have our own. Some people, ever like, poo with the door open. We're, like, so open in pretty much every way. And that's the one thing we shut the door for. But. Yeah, I think. I just respect that people have their things that they're funny about with it. I'm just, like, it's not. It's literally unsustainable to try and pretend that you don't poo, so please don't do that. It's exactly. unhealthy, exactly. and you'll get sepsis.
1: Yeah, no one wants that.
0: And then you're then you're in the hospital, and then uh, then I don't maybe know, you're gonna keep have keep to going have one in a tube,
1: an external poop bag. <laughs> then then will see.
0: Um. So yeah, I mean, outside of that, it was just all these heinous executive decisions, and then we go to his house he does have like a nice house. Like it's a cute house. Yeah. It's very stark. I mean, I don't think there's a thing on a wall anywhere, but it's very heiress. It's very heiress.
1: Well, it's very like ideal
0: bachelor pad. pad. Yeah.
1: Like he's got a workout room. He's got like
0: a beautiful front room with Mm great windows. Like he just turned it into a gym. He's got a guy's room with a
1: bar and a, TV and couches with cup holders. <laughs> um,
0: Classic. Is that your dream?
1: <laughs> no, I'm just saying. That just seems like Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, here's the deal. If you have the space, go for it. Yeah. What I have a little bit of a hard time with is thinking that we are going to implement what we have as a single person who's almost 40 years old right into a marriage into a shared home with your wife yeah like if there's room for a man cave great we have not lived in a scenario in which i have had a place for myself yeah that's fine i don't expect that okay Mm -hmm. but like I'm worried about his expectation. You know, she's like, well, I have to have a beauty room too. Well, something tells me that's just going to be like a little vanity bench. Yeah. Like, not an actual room. I don't know. That's asking a lot.
0: They're not getting to that point, is it's the It's asking point. a lot. We all damn know it. Um, we did learn one personal thing about Eris, though, that his dad was murdered when he was a kid um, in 1994, and his uncle died two days before, so they had a double funeral.
1: Yeah, that is so that sad. That is
0: truly devastating and traumatic and i mean i'm not gonna like of course that gives us perspective on why eris is so guarded and emotionally like not very mature like there's also plenty of people that have been through horror who are but i do think it gives us a little window of compassion into maybe why eris has a hard time connecting emotionally
1: Yeah, I mean it's hard. It's hard because I see the way that he was at the beginning of the episode with Clint. True, and I'm like,
0: whoa. You're like, oh, that's there's
1: like, there's stuff here, you know, like, and I just wish that
0: completely void of perspective. And
1: I just wish that that would like be brought into the marriage a little bit more. Yeah, you know, agree. And there's still time. We'll see.
0: Mm, Not hopeful. Okay, let's talk about Nicole and Chris. So we've got to talk about it. He is this is, you know, post all the group stuff. He's crying on the patio of the hotel and Nicole is deeply concerned. Um Keisha makes it clear she thought someone had passed away, <laughs> which I was like that is so shady, Keisha. <laughs> Nicole is like I'm happy
1: Keisha said it because I don't have to say it. Okay.
0: Now. Okay. Okay, yeah. It was a lot. It was a lot. So he's freaking out because it it is weird. Like, why did they just figure this out now? Like, production? Like, you should have been able to know this about him at least two weeks ago, right? Or a week ago, whenever this all started. But whatever. He just got the phone call that these loft apartments they're moving into have a two-dog limit. And he has two dogs. Nicole has one dog. So he's freaking out that he's not gonna have his dogs for eight weeks. He doesn't know who's gonna take care of them or how. He already was wrecked bringing them to the kennel just for the honeymoon week. It is a lot. It's a Maybe lot. Maybe they
1: should move to Boston. I don't, because they had so many cats. And Lindsay and Mark had so many damn oh cats God, right. in that apartment. Nashville, for Nashville zoning laws or whatever it needs to, <laughs> like,
0: they're pretty harsh. Get updated here. Well... I, I, sure, I have nothing to say on that. I mean, they do have three massive dogs. Like, if they were suddenly in the marketplace as renters, they would be running into issues. Yes. So, maybe this is, like...
1: A good practice. A good
0: little practice here. So, he's really beside himself. It is, you know, he says, my dogs are everything, Oh my gosh, it does get really intense where he says he's been willing to do anything for the marriage up until now, but he cannot leave them for eight weeks, which I put a far cry from Justin, who literally gave his dog away.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I totally forgot about all of
0: them. They are different, like the reasonings, but this is almost like premature devastation. I
1: I think his maths fans. We just get triggered by seeing tears and a dog too much. Yeah. Like we've gotten a lot of tears over dogs and recently too. Recently. Yeah. In and recent it's years. just
0: pets. Pets have been causing drama for MAFs ever since the pandemic. Seriously. <laughs> Everyone got a pet. Uh here's the thing: it is a little excessive. I had a hard week this week and cried a lot. So I'm feeling like weirdly compassionate towards him because as ridiculous as this seems- I don't think it's
1: ridiculous. Don't give me, don't put words in
0: my mouth. I don't think it's ridiculous. It's just an outsized emotional reaction. Yes, yes. But like, I was thinking about it. Like, I can see why people are giving Chris a hard time for sure, because it is an extreme emotional reaction. For
1: dogs that still have heartbeats.
0: Right, Like, but, but- This is honestly probably one of the more, like, just everyday, like, crises that come up in life. Yeah. This is probably, like, a more, this is just a very realistic problem. That all of a sudden, you thought you had it taken care of, of what you were doing with your dogs for the next two months. And you thought you could have them. And suddenly you can't, you're about to get on a plane, you know you have a crazy work week ahead, and it's your first week moving in with your new wife, and you can't bring the dogs, and you don't know where they're going to be, and I'd be freaking out about money, personally. I'd be like, I can't afford to board two dogs for two months. I would be really stressed. Like, this would be a logistical nightmare, but I just don't know that I'd be weeping. But- at the end of the day, shout out to fucking Nicole. I
1: was gonna say the exact same thing. Like, she does the perfect incredible. thing here of I am meeting you where you're at right now. Yeah, you're in a tough place emotionally. How can I support you? How mm-hmm. can I help you? Once that moment is passed, we are on the phone. We are problem solving. We yes. are making we are making calls, trying to figure out schedules. Great I mean, this is like is. this is like prime. Yeah, like relationship stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. She just like, oh, she just, the way she handled that was amazing. And I mean, in the end, I was like a little baffled by what the solution was.
1: I don't know what the solution is the solution
0: now is that, so first it was, she might give up, she might send her dog, Charlie, to her dad in Florida for most of the time. And I'm sitting there thinking like, So he gets two dogs and you don't get any of your dog? Like, that's kind of lame. But I have to think there's something to, um, the thing that sucks about having two dogs is then you're stressed to separate them. Yeah. So I think it's probably something about that. But like on paper, it looks very unfair. And I guess that that's part of the point is that the person that felt stronger in the moment was able to step up and like offer something that the other person did not have the capacity to offer at that time because it isn't all about fairness. So again, props to you, Nicole. It sounds like the solution now is like, I don't know if it's dad or another family member is gonna move into her place temporarily, at least for the next month and watch her dog and so that they can at least be like bringing the dog back and forth. I mean, I don't know. It's gonna be interesting to see how realistically they make that happen. Yes. Because there's just enough other shit to be worried about. And yet it does matter how their dogs get along. And they can't really figure that out right now, which actually is kind of stressful now that I'm talking about it. Dog problems. Um, But yeah, Nicole's the boss in this situation in the best way. And oh, I laughed when they were on the couch. I know we both looked at each other. She's like, and here's your pillow. And she's like, everything has to be equal. You get a pillow and I get a pillow. And I was like, I get all the pillows.
1: That has not been (laughs) my experience in life. Yeah. Um, fortunately, no. over the years we've added to our pillow collection. <laughs> now no
0: one can want for any pillow.
1: Yeah. But when I'm a it,
0: big pillow girl.
1: When it comes to the bed, I'm over here with <laughs> a couple t-shirts rolled up into a oh, into up. a pillowcase. <laughs> shut up. Over here while you are surrounded by pillows.
0: Okay. So. Yeah, no, but I am a pillow hoarder. So I guess the one thing she asks him. They're on the couch. She's like, so if decision day was today, would you say yes? They both agree. And then she's like, do you love me? (laughs) And he's just immediately like, no, I don't, but I really, really uh... like you. And she's like, great. I feel the same way. I don't love you yet, but I really like you. (laughs) And then it's just over. (laughs) She could have just been saying that because of him. But it's funny because I saw... Like, people are making this big deal about it. And I just feel like it's funny. Like, it stayed light. Like, when he said that, she didn't, like, crumble or, like, shut down. No. And they both ended up laughing. Yeah. And moving on. So I'm just like, it's not that big of a deal. I think it's kind of funny. Okay, who's next? Let's
1: go on to Dominique and McKinley.
0: Okay. Whew.
1: We're kind of all. I'm all over the place with this couple right Me now too. at the moment. We have this conversation that takes place.
0: We have some conundrums,
1: and yeah. <clears throat> and so I we're gonna work through. I it. I don't
0: see anybody like winning. You know what I'm saying? Yeah,
1: they have this heart to heart about kind of recapping the last week, the last, the honeymoon, and everything. Yeah. And she. They both get honest, which is nice. It's nice to hear that they're comfortable being honest with each other. Yeah. Her whole thing is she doesn't want to have to push him to, like, do activities and is feeling like a coach.
0: Right. And her whole thing is, like, every time you think it's a nice thing to say that I would never normally do this, but I'm doing it because of you... Yes. He, like we talked about last week, he thinks that's like a a beautiful thing to say. (laughs) He's like, I'm like going out of my comfort zone because you inspired me to do so. She's receiving it as pressure. Like, but I want to just be with someone that's excited to do the same shit as me most of the time. Yeah. And like, I don't want to feel like, oh, anything I suggest is like so effortful for you. And like, it's- because then that feels like pressure on me. Because then I'm just worried Is Mac okay? Is he gonna have a good time? And it was interesting because he goes, But this is like just who I am though. Like, but then when he elaborates, he's like, I have to like pump myself up to do stuff first to get excited. Like, I do that with my friends too. And then she just goes, What? Well, not your friend. Like, I just feel like there's a lot of miss understandings that are just being traded back and forth Yeah, because I don't not get where they're both coming from. You know, she then is like, personally, I also feel like there's not really room for me to have my own bitchy moments or my own complaints because now I'm the fucking positivity coach for the whole team. Yeah. So I have to overcompensate. I have to be so excited and so happy all the time. To, like, keep you pumped up. And that's a lot of pressure, which I understand. And then he comes back around and he's like, really? Well, I don't see you as an inspiring coach. <laughs> I see you as someone who has nonstop critiqued everything about who I am. And now I'm so freaked out about ruining your time.
1: Which, in his, to his point... Uh, it's kind of fair.
0: Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. Like, like literally every single thing that they would ping pong back at each other, I'd be like, well, that's a good point. But they don't. <laughs> this, they you need know some like,
1: they need some couples counseling. Yeah, this right is now. about time. This is a good time. Yeah. With, with the things that they're getting into we this episode. We need someone to start
0: translating and exactly. like helping them find exactly. each other in the middle. Because then he makes a great point where he goes, I feel like I've given you the benefit of the doubt pretty much at every moment since we got married, where maybe I could have looked at you cockeyed is what I hear him saying. I gave you the benefit of the doubt. And I feel like you haven't given me the benefit of the doubt at all. It's And, and then he's to camera like, yeah, it's getting awkward now. And I was just like, this is so hard. Is th- This seems to be like They almost represent this like extreme symbolism of what I think is a funk I have found many a heterosexual couple to be in, where the woman tends to be more comfortable voicing things she's seen, and she thinks she's openly communicating. And if we keep it all open... Like, I'm, I'm doing a service to our relationship yeah. by bringing this up. And yet for the man in the position, the situation is always feeling just like all you do is tear me down, which then if he verbalizes that, then it makes the girl feel like, well, then I have to walk on eggshells and never tell you when you're doing dumb shit. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm actually curious to know if this just plays out. In all romantic relationships, this way, if there's just usually a person who's more comfortable in one of these roles than the other, but yeah, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, and it I feels do. Feels like there. Sometimes when you get stuck in that cycle, it's it's very hard to get out of. So I don't know. I I I I see like I just see the conundrum of this situation, and I you can tell all of the ways that his. Like flaws, you can tell that like she's getting icked out, as yeah. they said last week. I think,
1: yeah. Like, well, he's sh- like, what? I can't joke how I l- normally joke. I have to be raw, raw about every single thing that we're doing. Like he feels like he, in his mind, he's making compromises,
0: and like he kind of can't be himself.
1: Exactly. And this conversation, I was—if we're gonna do it, take sides. Mm-hmm. I was more on his side with this part of it, I, I think.
0: Kinda, I, f- I think I was, too. But, torn, I, but, but like, I mean, it's I not, not like fully. Yeah, 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 Again, yeah, I just, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Um, And that's kind of how they leave things. And, I mean, I was at least glad that Mac was just being honest, mm-hmm. like you said. And I do feel like it caught her a little off guard because she's just really, he has been kind of just taking it for the last five days or seven days, whatever. So they do their move-in. I just find them so awkward together. I just feel like there is not a breezy chemistry going at this point. They're like having a conversation about like the way they do things at home. And I just felt like it was so fumbly. She said something about how like, she, the more she's thought about it, she's realizing that so many of the areas he wants to grow in, she embodies. And so she can understand, like, how, like, essentially how they were matched and why she'll be great for him. And I was sort of like, hmm, Dominique, like, she clearly thinks she's the better of the catch right now because she is used to more established men, blah, blah, blah. They go to the place. Oof. It's not great. I, I mean-
1: need to know what you think about all of this. So we go yeah. to the place, and I think there's there's a couple things happening. One on the surface, and one kind of under the surface. Right. So we go to this family friend's house. She's weirded out by the whole thing. Yeah. He's been in Nashville for five months.
0: Which, which is the length of the audition process for math.
1: Which I don't think... I I just don't think that, I don't think that that's okay. Yeah. I think he got to be in a place longer. I just think it's weird. Like, I don't know.
0: You shouldn't, to me, it's very obvious. So he makes it clear, you know, he always wants us to know this, which production probably wanted him to reiterate it. I think he's probably been driving to visit this friend's family in Nashville over the years, a lot of times. He enjoys it. He gets to experience Nashville when he visits. He has somewhere to stay for free. I think that some... I bet you that girlfriend, the girl who's a friend, Taylor, I wouldn't be surprised if she submitted him for the thing. But I think that someone got a crazy idea was like, dude, should you submit for this? It's technically only an hour away or whatever, however, a few hours away. Like, what if you just apply it? See if you get it. And then suddenly he starts getting asked back. And so he is already untethered in life right now. We find out from Dom, he's actually made quite a few moves. So California was probably where the weed operation was going on.
1: And furthermore, I have to say, this makes me even more upset at Max mom, asking right, Dom if she bitch. wants to move, or like, would you be open to moving? It's like, no, 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 I'm, th- we That's are in Nashville. Fair. Yeah, I have lived my life in Nashville. Yeah, your son got here ten minutes ago. Yeah, like no, 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 no.
0: That's a him problem. That's a him problem, because not he a me up problem. For maths, Nashville, which is supposed to be people who live in Nashville ready to get married,
1: not people who stayed for a long weekend and are renting a room, staying because in a basement. they Happen to
0: keep getting asked back for this crazy thing. Yeah, and that's so that was my perspective on once I heard the timeline. I don't know why. We were so, I, I mean, really I knew he was a transplant. I knew that too, well, but yeah. we've talked about it a few times. And for some reason I've always said, I think he's been there two years. Mm. Anyway, I don't know why I was so sure about that, but I was, but I just feel like in general, it's, I, I. she has every right to feel insecure by the fact that like he's only been in town for the length of time of the MAPS audition process. That paired with great callback, the fact that his mom grilled her about if she would be okay with moving when she's like a Nashville lifer. I understand her concerns. Yeah. And like also bottom line, great point was made. She has nothing to judge him off of. She goes in to see this space and he doesn't even have like a single framed photo. So like it is lame. I think you're at a disadvantage when your partner is... Not living in their own space because there's so much less information to glean from this whole thing.
1: Yeah. Well, and he's like, well, you know, in the past, I've jumped into things and paid for two places. And I'm like, well, you jumped into married at first sight. So don't act like you're trying to be exactly. So uh, there's this aspect of it that is on the surface. And then I think there's a deeper thing going on. And it is, what are your life motivations yes. here? Because I don't see, I'm not getting anything from you of like, what's your passion about, what you want to do, right. like what's going on here? And that is the thing that I think, yeah, I mean, I, I'm on it's her not side. not like
0: Shaquille, who yeah, maybe just moved here, but he moved here because he mm. got a school counselor position at the local university. Like that's his yeah. career.
1: yeah. And so it's like, we're not just judging. This isn't a judgment on you living with a family friend.
0: On its face. On
1: its face. No, exactly. it, There's other deeper things here. And that's why I feel fair in my assessment of this. Yeah. And being on her side when it comes to this issue.
0: I agree. Because I did, it was interesting, Jasmine's perspective at After Party on this, because she's lived with her parents more recently, was that she felt like Dom's vibe was a little bit judgy. And that did give me a little bit of pause. I went, wait, who do we think we are? We just lived with my parents for a year. We never thought we would do that. But so I do have more compassion than I probably ever did before because I spent all of my 20s so prideful and sure about the fact that I would never live at home again. And so I have more compassion in general towards people who – transitionally, you know, move in with family or friends or whatever because it's always more nuanced than it looks on its face for the most part, you know? Yeah. And yet, you're absolutely right. Like, she's still thinking about her whole future. This is bigger than just just the living situation. Yeah. But you can tell that she is, I mean, she's getting a little spicy about it and, like, going to start some digs, like... I don't know. She's just, I'm just used to like more established men, like homeowners and da, 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 da. And then. Which I, like,
1: that just bothers me as a 25 year old. I know. I get like,
0: hey, c- Come
1: on. Like, come <laughs> old on. Soul. Like, give me a break. I'm used to more established men. Like you,
0: it's not like you you've are been, literally you, Gen Z. You cannot tell me. You haven't you been
1: used to homeowners. more established men for over five years, six years. Right. Like, Come on. But she's an old soul. Oh, God. (laughs) Please, stop.
0: I know. So, I mean, again, not hopeful. It's just, it, it, it feels awkward. And it does feel like some of these things would be, like, if this was Nicole and Chris, like, literally transplanting both of those human beings into these scenarios, I think that it would be being, like, the way it would all be being processed would just be different. Like, there's a lack of like obvious chemistry here. Yeah. And all of these things are just kind of sealing the deal that way. There is
1: weird way. aspects of it though where it's like they I guess after everyone was dancing together and they kind of went off on their oh, right. own. They
0: said they were all over each other like as a group so dinner. there's these I don't think I think that they maybe do sexual things. They
1: There like is more of times. a physical thing here than other couples, for yeah, sure. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think you're right. Oh, yeah, boobs. He loves talking about them. Okay. <laughs> but that's not going to take you the distance, people. Last and not least, but, like, literally barely have any words about them this week, is Kirsten and Shaq. Like, we open with Shaq, or on their last day, like, post-group drinks... Shaq is gushing about how beautiful she is in the selfie camera. It's very adorable. They move in and they're immediately having logistical, kind of cute talks about laundry.
1: I get so bored. I realize like how bored I got when we're just having conversations about like what we theoretically do. It, it, like when we're in the place. <laughs> I, it just bores me. I don't know.
0: You're so mean. It's just these it, things matter. I
1: know, but nothing was like titillating from no. it. It was well, there all was just nothing like
0: titillating about Kirsten and Shaq this week because we really barely got them. But I do. I just, I still get the vibe that she secretly really likes him and like isn't good at doing the extra expression. And like she, in her interview, she even says, like, she kind of knows at this point that it's up to her to help progress them to the next level in order for Shaquille to feel wanted. And so, I i, I mean, that was her. Hmm. I thought that was a good insight. Yeah. Now, is she going to do anything about it? We'll see. But And then I go back to, like, and maybe I'm just being massively duped and she's playing all of us and she has zero attraction or intention of trying to get attracted. And she's just really good at putting on sweet romantic partner face when she needs to. I don't know. Yeah. But like I, I like just, their vibe right now.
1: Yeah, me too. I don't have there's no notes because there's nothing happening. Yeah. There's laundry well, talks.
0: Maybe, I mean, it does seem we get a pastor cow finally make some visits next week and now's it does the right seem time. They're gonna, it's it's perfect timing. Now's the right time. Now everybody knows that they have issues and what they are. <laughs> and it seems like, yeah, we're going to get some hard conversations already. It seems like we might get an early decision day for Clint and Gina. I mean, they clearly are trying to tease us because that happened with Alyssa and Chris. But, like, it seems like a viable thing that could happen.
1: Yeah, kind of, it'll be interesting to see how we get to this point.
0: Right. I'm confused because of optimism. Yeah. Optimism that they're putting on for all of us. Um, and it looks like Dominique is going to protest moving in. That's
1: very interesting.
0: That was baffling. So, She's like,
1: I'm going home and taking a bath.
0: Yeah. Or a nap.
1: A nap so she weird. said. Or something. Yeah. I don't know. It was just very odd.
0: Yeah. So much to come. We're finally going to get into the nitty gritty next week, which I really can't wait for.
1: Yeah. Me too.
0: Do you have rankings for I us? have rankings. Okay.
1: Coming in at number five. I have Jasmine and Eris. Okay. Number four, Dom and Mac. Okay. Three, Gina and Clint.
0: Okay, interesting. Why do you put them over Dom and Mac?
1: I feel like Dom and Mac, I don't know. I just, I didn't get a good feeling at the end of that episode. Yeah. It was just a lot of negativity towards the end. And she has some just questions whether they're fair or not about him, his initiative.
0: Yeah. yeah I guess you can make the, you a can make the case phase. that. But I feel like Clint and Gina are actually the worst, but they've just been very open about how they know they're the worst.
1: All right. You know what? <laughs> We're going to switch. This is the first time is ever Really? Been You're right, because at least Dom and Mac also have some physical chemistry with each other. Okay, you're right, you're right. Oh
0: my God, people, history is being made!
1: That's the first time that's ever happened. Oh
0: my gosh, okay, wait, so hit us. Okay, so five
1: Jasmine and Eris, sorry.
0: (laughs) Well, okay, so even you still think that they're worse off?
1: Yes, there's no physical, and they're not vibing at all. Okay. Yeah. We're not checking any boxes. Okay. Okay. Four, Gina and Clint. Okay. Five, Dominique and McKinley. Three, you mean? Oh, my. Okay. Okay, start over. S- I'm going to start over. So, five, Jasmine and Eris. Okay. Four, Gina and Clint. Okay. Three, Dom and McKinley. Okay. Two, Kirsten and Shaq. Okay. One, Nicole and Chris.
0: Okay. I accept.
1: It's going to take a lot to to get that top spot this I year. I
0: cannot, but seriously, I like, mean, it's Nicole and Chris's to lose.
1: It really is. Maybe I'll just be fun, and if they have any spat, I'll just shoot them down the rankings. <laughs> no, um, <laughs>
0: don't be unfair.
1: Yeah, no, you know what. I'm happy you talked me out of it because yours yours makes sense. I feel
0: so much pride right now.
1: Don't get used to it (laughs) because it (laughs) will not happen again.
0: (laughs) Okay, people. Thank you so much for tuning in after you tuned in to hear the recap de la with us. We hope that you have fabulous long weekends that you share the podcast with your fellow math loving friends. Find us on social media at Till Death Do Us Recap. Uh, look in the show notes for our Buy Me a Coffee link if you want to go contribute. We had some this week. Thank you so much to all who did that. It means a lot. And write us a review and subscribe on any platform that you prefer to get your pods from. And we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.